Thank you for listening to our New Life Christian Center podcast. Stay tuned after the sermon for more ways to connect with us. Welcome this morning. If you have a Bible, go to the, the Gospel of John. We'll, we'll spend a bunch of time there. Jeremy asked me probably Friday if I had an outline or anything for him. I said no, because it always subject to change. So Paul this morning says, you got a bunch of scriptures? I said, oh, yeah, I do. But we'll be in one book, so it shouldn't be too bad. So I'll try to be gracious and let them keep up. Um, When Robert prayed earlier this morning before worship, he talked about the life in Jesus, that Jesus is the life. And I heard that when Chad was talking to you about life, and that really, when, when you know what you're going to talk about, you, I guess your ears are perked or peaked for, for hearing some key words. But life is really what I talk about this morning. Um, everlasting life, maybe from a little bit different, different take. So if you don't mind, I'll just, I'm going to speak a little bit about or from, from the place that um, excuse me, from the place where we're living right now. In the middle of December, Peg's dad went home. And then two weeks ago, my dad went home. So our house, we're, we're thinking about everlasting life quite a bit. And we can rejoice because these two knew God. We know where they're at. And, uh, and, we're, and we're, we're glad there that they got to go home. We really, we really are. But um, I think too often... Um, we allow our focus to be shifted to heaven, to be shifted to what, what is, what is, um, we, 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 I think, diminish everlasting life or eternal life to when our bodies cease to function here. But I want to try to give you a little different look at that this morning, that um, we, re- we rejoice that they're there that everybody that we know that's gone ahead of us is there, no doubt about that. But we don't want to limit our focus, you know, just to when our bodies cease to function here, because where there's great hope in that, we need to live today. And we're still here and we still have things to do. So 
we're going to look a little bit, I think, differently about eternal life or everlasting life. Depends on your 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 version of the Bible. But I want to go to John chapter three, um, and we're going to see kind of what Jesus said. And we're going to I'm going to challenge you to try and realign um, your perspective to God's perspective. So I'm going to start in John chapter 3, and this is really, really familiar. It's Nicodemus coming to see Jesus. And um, maybe a bit unusual, but I'm going to read a bunch of scripture right off the bat here. If, if you just listen along, John chapter 3, we're going to start at verse 1, and I'm going to read the first 21 verses. <clears throat> there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not marvel to you that I said you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said to him, How can these things be? Jesus answered, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not know these things? Most assuredly, I say to you, we speak what we know and testify what we have seen, you do not receive our witness. If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how will you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is, the Son of Man who is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. So verses 15 and 16 really 
where I want to pare that, that down to. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So what we see here is kind of two sides to this equation. Peggy and I have been leading some marriage Bible studies in our house now for, I don't know, two or three years. And, and, a, and a recurring theme that we present is, is to be purpose-focused in, in marriage um, versus problem-focused. And, and most things in life have flip sides, problem side, purpose side. And what I, what I see in these verses is God said he sent his son that we should not perish but have everlasting life. The, the perishing is the problem side. And, and as we talk in our Bible studies, if, if we'll focus on the purpose that God's created us for, many times the, the problems will, will, will take care of themselves. If we focus on the problem, we never get to the purpose. God wasn't just focused on our problem. The, you know, the problem was sin separated us from him. But the purpose in sending his son was that we would have everlasting life. So he didn't ignore the problem side, but I really feel like the purpose was to give us everlasting life. So that backs me up then to where we started. I I don't see that his whole purpose was to give us everlasting life that only benefits us when our body falls down and we exit our body. So um, the benefit is a fixed problem, but uh, an equipping for his purpose. So let's not just focus on forgiveness peace. I mean, that, that's certainly beyond what we deserved to be forgiven, but that, that wasn't the end of what God came to do. So that then leads us to what would Jesus' definition of eternal life be? If that was his purpose to come to give us eternal life or everlasting life, what is that? So let's... Um, um, it's not just heaven. Heaven's included, of course. First Corinthians, and we'll get to this scripture a bit later. First Corinthians says if, if um, this is just my paraphrase, we'll read it and it'll be right later. But if, if we have no hope in this life, but only in the resurrection, we're of most men most to be pitied. There's much more that God has for us than just heaven not to diminish the, the gift of, of what heaven is going to be. That is certainly included, but for today, for today, what is eternal life? So let's look in John chapter 17 and verse 3. Jesus is 
not leave us to question it. He made it very clear. Um, John 17, 3 says, and this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. So Jesus is pretty clear what eternal life is, is knowing God. Um, so that brings it to today. We don't just know God later. We can know him now. And, and in the knowing him, in the relationship with him, is eternal life. Um, John 5.24 also tells us the same thing. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has, from, has passed from death into life. So this verse is pretty clear that says we have, even says has, past tense, has um, That doesn't look like mine. He, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. We have it now. We can have it now. So it starts now. Everlasting life starts now. And, and he goes on to say in that verse that we won't have, we, we don't pass into the judgment or come into judgment but passed from death to life. And it's the same past tense. When we become born again, this is what Jesus was trying to tell Nicodemus, when we know God, we have everlasting life and we have passed from death to life. So if we have life and we've passed from death, death then is living here without God. Simply enough, once we make that transition of that new birth, that spiritual birth, we are no longer functioning in death. We've passed to life. So, you know, it's already done in God's eyes. It's not, it's not something that's going to start when we exit the earth. John 6.47 said, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. So we can have it right now. So that's, that's the, the perspective that Jesus had. That's what he was talking about when he was talking to Nicodemus. Um, Nicodemus, this, the new King James says, are you the teacher of Israel? He was at least a teacher of Israel. If this is an accurate translation, he might have been kind of top, top of the food chain, the teacher of Israel, but he wasn't getting it because these things are spiritually discerned, but they're not complicated. 
we have the Spirit of God in us once we're born again, so we can, we can get this. We can have eternal life, and we can walk in what that is for us. And I guess that's where I kind of want to go this morning. So, big deal. What, what, what does that mean for me today and tomorrow? Um, what, what does having everlasting life going to help me to do? Or what does it give me that I needed? So I want to look at a couple scriptures. First um, John chapter 3. And um, again, l- leaning towards the purpose. Peggy and I often think this should be a Christmas card. We've never seen it on a Christmas card, but we think it's probably the best Christmas scripture there is. First John chapter 3, verse 8. Uh, the second half of that, for this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. That's why God sent Jesus, that he would destroy the works of the devil. Well, what are the works of the devil? John 10.10 tells us that the thief comes only but to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But I have come, Jesus said, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So there again is there's the problem and the purpose. The problem is we have a thief that wants to steal, kill, and destroy us. Wants to, as Andrew Womack would say, eat your lunch and pop the bag. He wants to he wants to utterly destroy you. Jesus said, but I came that you would have life, that abundant life, that everlasting life, that life that starts now and have it more abundantly. So he came to release us from the power or the grip of the devil, to sever the devil's plans or paths of destruction. Well, that, that shows me that this everlasting life is for today because we're all very aware the devil's not coming to get us in heaven. When we get there, we no longer have the devil trying to steal and kill and destroy or any, anyone else for that matter. So everlasting life's benefits are for today. They start today because today is where we have the opposition. So I think there's probably many more, but I've identified 10 benefits or expressions um, of this eternal life. 10 things that we can enjoy, we can experience, we can expect scripturally because eternal life has started for us. Um, so we'll just kind of work through a few of these. Um, John chapter 8, verse 34 to 36. The first one I want to talk about is that we are free from sin and its power.
we use a lot of scriptures because you much be we'll all be better off seeing what God says than hearing what I have to say. John eight thirty four, um, Jesus answered them. Most assuredly, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. A sin, a slave does not abide in the house forever, but a son abides forever. Therefore, if the son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So, the son has made us free. There's really not an if to it on God's end of the equation. Um, if the Son makes you free is wholly dependent on you because Jesus has done what is needed to make us free and we are free indeed. So we are free, freed from the power of sin to the degree we'll allow ourselves to be freed from the power of sin. Um, the, the purpose was freedom. Purpose was freedom. Galatians talks about a yoke of bondage. We're no longer under a yoke of bondage. We can be free. John fourteen twenty seven gives us a second um, expression of eternal life that um, we can enjoy now. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. So we have the expression of peace as we walk in eternal life. Not as the world gives do I give to you. So the world has its own ideas or um, promises of peace. You know, the world would say that peace is the absence of any conflict or any strife or any turmoil. Everything is calm waters. Um, that's not the promise of God because we all have some waters that don't feel calm, don't we? Sometimes real regularly. Sometimes it's wave upon wave. And, um, but Jesus said, my peace I give to you. Well, what is his peace? His peace isn't dependent on the smoothness of my circumstances. His peace is dependent on my relationship with him my trust in his provision, my trust in his grace, my trust in his help. My help comes from the Lord, David said. So peace that we can walk in starts now, and I can have the peace that passes understanding, which means I can be at peace when it looks like I shouldn't. I can be at peace when I think the world stinks or pick, pick, your, pick your focus, but my peace has to depend on what God is saying and that peace that's in here. But that's part of eternal life, peace. 
John chapter 10, verse 28. Jesus is talking here. He says, I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Sounds kind of familiar. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father who has given them to me is greater than all, and no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. So a benefit of eternal life is security. We are secure in the Father's hand. No one can snatch us out of his hand. So it doesn't matter how hard the thief comes to try and steal and to kill and destroy, you are secure in your father's hand because he says so. And because that's a benefit of everlasting life. So I can lay aside the fear of not being secure or of God abandoning me or uh, however insecurity looks to you because Jesus said you're secure. No one can snatch you out of his hand. That's, that's very comforting. Very comforting. That's a great benefit. Matthew eight seventeen. Fourth benefit. I'll start in 16 for context. When evening had come, they brought to him many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with the word and healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, he himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. And the companion scripture to that is 1 Peter 2.24, that... Jesus himself took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses in his own body on the tree, um, that we having died to sin might live for righteousness by whose stripes you're healed. Um, so I believe a fourth expression of eternal life is, is healing for our bodies. I think we can expect and have scripture to um, believe God to heal our bodies before we go to heaven. We don't have to be die, don't have to be sick to die. Um, I think uh, I think of Jacob. I believe it was Jacob who blessed his twelve sons. It says, and he um, pulled his feet up into the bed, laid down, and died. He knew he had finished. You know, Paul said, I've, I've run my course, finished the race. So these two scriptures, I believe, show us that health is a benefit of eternal life. Second Corinthians 9. It 
2 Corinthians 9, 8 through 11. Fifth benefit is provision. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work, as it is written. He has dispersed abroad, he has given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness while you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. There's a lot in there, but God wants you to have enough to do the work he's called you to do. That's part of eternal life. It aligns with what Chad was sharing, that we have, and we all have, assignments and things we're to do. So God, uh, Peggy will say, if he's made you a baker, he'll give you an oven. He will equip you to do what he wants you to do. There will be the provision, and that's a benefit of eternal life. John chapter 10. John chapter 10, verse 4 and verse 11. When he brings out his own sheep, he's talking about the true shepherd. When he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them. The sheep follow him for they know his voice. Verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. I believe part of the provision of eternal life is protection. The good shepherd gave his life for the sheep. Um, couple that with security and not being able to snatch, be snatched out of God's hand. We can, we can expect protection from the Father because we have eternal life. He gives his life for me. He did as a ransom, certainly, but I believe there's a broader application that I can expect protection. I can expect his help. John chapter 16. I think this is one of the big benefits, and this is why Nicodemus just wasn't getting it. He just just didn't have the the capacity to get it. John chapter 16, verse 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's your, to your advantage if I go. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And then drop down to 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority. But whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. So another 
benefit of eternal life is we have been given the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, I will not leave you as orphans, helpless, without, um, without what you need. Because we've given, given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit's got a lot of roles. I think we just kind of often want to just put him on the shelf. And we, yeah, we know there's a Holy Spirit. We don't really know what he does. And it's kind of mysterious, maybe spooky. And we just soon uh, just, just kind of have that in the closet. And, and that's nice. But um, there's several things the Bible tells us the Holy Spirit will do. He will lead us and guide us, he'll teach us, and he'll remind us of what God said. He is sent to be your helper in every situation you need some help. It's not um, just ooey-gooey, pie-in-the-sky help. He wants to help you day to day. We're not going to need, I don't think, to be reminded or guided or led in heaven. But we surely do need it now. So that's a benefit of eternal life. Someone to help me, help me tomorrow. Someone to teach me, to remind me what God said about something. If we will lean on him, what a great benefit to be led, to be helped daily benefit of the Holy Spirit. Uh, John ten fourteen. I just got about three more, so um, we're going to stop at 10. John ten fourteen. I am the good shepherd, and I am known by my sheep. I know my sheep and am known by my own. Um... This says Jesus knows you. So there's an intimacy there that we can take advantage of. God knows you. He says, I know my sheep. So you are not invisible to God. You are not under his um, radar or off his radar or out of his sight. Um, He's thinking about you. He knows you. And I am known by my own. We can know him. There's that, that intimacy and that relationship. And that's for today. We need that on this side of heaven. We need to know him, be known by him. Um, and, and all the benefits of that type of relationship. If he knows me, we don't have to have secrets and he sent the Spirit to help me, so he knows my faux pas and helps me with those to the degree I'll let him. Um, so then I'll jump to chapter 11 of John 25. This is <clears throat> Jesus talking to Mary, um, maybe to Martha yet at this point. Um, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me 
shall never die. Do you believe this? So this is the piece of eternal life that we often default to. We get all these benefits on the earth, but we have life after we exit as well. We have that hope of being in his presence. Paul said to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We get to enjoy that, but we don't have to wait to enjoy relationship and the fullness of eternal life till then. But it's certainly the, the uh, dessert after the broccoli, so to speak. You know, we, we get to look forward to that and, um, and not be afraid. Um, that this is all there is. If this is all there is, and that's where we're going to go. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. This is my last one, Crystal. 1 Corinthians 15, 19. says, if in this life <clears throat> only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men the most pitiable. If you read backwards in this chapter, he's really talking about that if, if there's no resurrection from the dead, then Christ wasn't resurrected. Basically, this is all there is. If you believe this is all there is, Paul says, you're of all men the most pitiable. What a hopeless thing to think this is all there is. And that when we're done here, we're done here. That's scripturally, that's not true. So there is life after, but all of the benefits of what God really purposed in coming can start today. We can enjoy them today. We can enjoy the peace of God, the provision of God, the intimacy with God, the hope, um, you know, the Holy Spirit. All this starts today. And it really hinges on, as, as Jesus was telling Nicodemus, that, that decision, that, that change. Um, so if you've not recognized that, that we'll call it a benefit package, if you've not taken advantage of that and you've been born again, then open yourself up to letting God begin to show you really what he has for you, what he wants you to do, what he wants you to take advantage of. On the flip side, if... If you've not done that, and I'm going to ask if you haven't, come up and I'll pray with you after Crystal starts music. But if you've not been born again, if you've not said, that sounds like a pretty good deal and I have never done that, that's how we start. Because all the benefit of everlasting life are of no value to you if you're still on the parish side of the equation. If you're still in that boat that God doesn't want any to perish. That's not what he wants for you. 
Um, you know, if I had free tickets to the ball game this afternoon, and I wanted everybody to have a ticket, but you don't come get the ticket, you don't get in. You can show up at the stadium, you can sweep the sidewalks, you can pick up trash, you can say, I've done all this stuff, you don't have the tickets, you don't get in. The tickets are free, but you gotta come get one. So if you've never accepted Christ as your savior, if you've never eliminated that piece of the equation that God doesn't want you to perish, let's take care of that. That's, that's, a, that's a free ticket. And with that ticket comes all the benefit of everlasting life. So I'm just going to invite you, if you don't know, or if you've been born again and you said, well, I've never thought of all those benefits, I would pray with you just so you can begin to see those and experience those as well. So let Crystal and, and the team sing. And I'm just going to be down here. I'll pray with anybody that wants some prayer. And uh, when you're done worshiping, you're, you're dismissed and free to go. Thank you for listening. To subscribe to our podcast, search New Life Eckley in all of the major podcasting apps. Audio and video of our sermons are posted at newlifeeckley.com slash live. And you can watch sermon slices weekdays on social media. Search at New Life Eckley. Our main service is at 10 a.m. Mountain Time every Sunday. Thanks for listening.